When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Seven Lamb Productions produces a lot of podcasts and audio dramas. If you're a fan of our shows and would like to help us out, we're on Patreon. You can visit patreon.com slash seven lamb. That's the number seven, L-A-M-B. You can donate as little as a dollar a month and it all goes to helping us create more content. Our patrons are a big help and allow us to keep pushing forward. So once again, that's patreon.com slash seven lamb. The number seven, L-A-M-B. Thanks and enjoy the show. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue B Case 3 The Gold Hawk Part 15 A Lucky Hand mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was almost noon on Saturday, and Jacob and I had arrived at the docks dressed in snazzy suits. The game would be held on a luxury yacht in the middle of Gander Lake. Apparently, since it was so large and there was so much salt dumped into the lake, the Kenneth Heights mayor deemed it eligible for maritime law. So if the boat sailed into the center of the lake, there'd be no restrictions on gambling. Over here, eh? I had to be in character, so it was Roger Thornhill from here on out. Jacob was here to watch over me since none of the leaders of the organizations would be here. But there was still plenty of secrecy and plenty of guards located around the docks. There she is. The yacht was huge, taking up three separate docks. I could see the whale-watching tour boat pushed to the side. McDinton was actually in the boat, swinging his fists and cursing at the yacht. Ah, you take up too much room. What about us? I have a goddamn whale tour to get to ya. Mangy, no good, rich cunts. You here for the game? That's right. Names? Jacob nudged me. Oh, um, I'm, I'm Roger Thornhill, and this is my guard, Tommy. Hmm. Ah, okay, you're on the list. Go ahead. The ticket booth is right there. Tickets? We have to purchase tickets? You do. Behind the man sat the booth with the clerk from the night me and Lauren went whale watching. What the hell? And why do we need tickets? Eh, I don't know. Room and board are going to be provided. Plus, they're bad guys. They want more money. Oh, do you need two tickets for the luxury yacht? Uh, yes, we need some. Why are you selling tickets? Isn't this the booth for the whale watching tour? Oh, yes. McDinton's wiry whale watching tour is later today. 
But if you want tickets for the high-stakes poker game on the luxury yacht, you can purchase those as well. Oh, okay. She didn't recognize me, which was good. I guess the fake mustache and trapper hat were working. I guess I'll take two tickets. Do you want the premier tickets or the cheap-ass tickets? Really? Again? Again? Just give me whatever tickets get me on the boat. I don't care about the offer. Even the extravagant tickets? That sounds nice. It's a scam. How so? The extravagant tickets cost as much as the premier tickets, but... But we also get to be a best friend. Yeah. How did you know? Oh, uh, I, I don't... Uh, I don't know. I guessed. I guessed. That was a good guess. Do you want to play another guessing game? Guess what number I am thinking of. It's a fun game that friends play. No. You don't want to guess? I don't want to play. Do I know you? No. Can I know you? No. No friendship with a ticket, please. But I'm lonely. I'm fully aware. <sighs> okay. I purchased the tickets, which cost two grand each. She printed them out and passed them under the plastic partition. You need a friend. I'll be here all week and more. I'll keep that in mind. Call me. I ignored her as we walked up the rickety ramp to the boat. It was bigger than Peter O'Reilly's yacht, but of course it was. This was probably owned by Le Chef himself. Hello, gentlemen. Tickets? Here. I'll show you to your room. We were led to a large room near the back of the ship. That's known as the stern... We set sail in 30 minutes. The game will begin at noon in the poker room on the second level. Okay, then. Hold on. I watched as Jacob scoured the room for bugs. I walked around the corner when... What the fuck? Looking for bugs? There aren't any. Arthur was sitting in a plush chair dressed as one of the staff members. God damn it, Arthur. Hello there, Big Jimbo. Thought things were gonna change. Yeah? Me too, Arthur. What are you doing here? I was waiting for an invite that never came. What invite? You needed my help. Yes, in getting the captain and police chief on board. On board this yacht? No, on board with our plan, not with the high-stakes poker game itself. Well, the captain has been ready to seize the boat whenever you're ready. No, we have to wait until the game is played. We need Locke to win and gain the gold hawk. That's the only way to get our government secrets back. That's the only way? Oh, yes. Have you tried asking them? I'm pretty sure asking them wouldn't work. Maybe if you asked nicely. Arthur, you need to go. No way, Jimbo. We're besties, and I'm here to protect you. Why does everyone want to be my best friend? Don't flatter yourself. Remember, you always need me to help at the end. Is, is this the end? Feels like it. Where's Paul? I don't know. He's MIA without the A. What? Without the I, too. What are you saying? He's just missing. I hope he's not doing something stupid. Come on, Paul? No way.
fuck am I? I ran through the woods, and this time not to grandmother's house. I was completely lost ever since I left Irish Town. Bethany shooed me away because she didn't want me getting involved, but the more I ran, the more I was sad. I wanted to help her. I wanted to help her fight the bad highwaymen, but how? How could I? There was no way. Oh, hey, a blackbird. Cool. Birdie, 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 birdie. God damn it, come back here. Is there really a whale in here? Yeah, it's fucking weird. We were on our way to the center of the lake. Hey, Jimbo. What, Arthur? I gave up on Arthur. If he wanted to stay, fine, but he needed to stay out of my way. I'm gonna survey the ship. That means look around. I know what it means. You see this? He held up what looked to be a tiny radio. It was a small red button on This is a locator, so the captain can send reinforcements when we need them. You just give the signal and beep boop. I press this button. Don't press the button. I know, I know. Not till after your game. It's almost noon now. We need to make our way back to the poker room. I'll be around. And Jimbo, remember, they wouldn't call it poker if it was easy. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, he's gonna help us? I have this feeling he's going to accidentally press the button at an inopportune time and fuck us over. Oh. Good. Yep. Hope I'm wrong, though. You ready? Let's do this. Don't you mean, uh, let's do this, eh? I smirked and followed Jacob inside. Gentlemen, fucking gentlemen. Over here, gentlemen. The game is about to begin, but before it does, we need everyone to log into the computer system for the buy-ins. Shit. Oh, relax. I'll handle it. We were in the poker room. A long red room filled with a professional table that was front and center. In the back, an area was roped off with onlookers. There was a curved bar along the back wall that extended all the way to the balcony overlooking the cool, calm water. There had to be about 50 people in the room, although many were guards for the various players. There was still a lot of people for only a six-handed game. Mr. Blandings, we are going alphabetically. You're first. Jim Blandings was a man playing for the Italian mob. He was heavyset with a pencil-thin mustache. He wobbled over to the computer set up in the corner of the room. He had several of his bodyguards blocking him so no one could steal his information. You feeling okay? You want me to get you a drink? Sure. Vodka martini, shaken and stirred. Make sure that shit is mixed up. Mr. Brewster, you're next. Mortimer Brewster was part of the agents, the South American organization. He had dark skin and darker eyes and the darkest suit. He too had several guards. Mr. Burns, you're up. I watched as Walter Burns of Sonola logged onto the computer. Sonola was the European syndicate. I couldn't make out Burns' ethnicity, but it was somewhere between Portuguese and Russian. That covered most of Europe, right? Here you go. John Roby? 
Jacob handed me my drink as John Roby walked past. He was tall and chiseled. He wore sharp black sunglasses and an Apple watch and looked like a pompous ass. He was apparently the double agent for Smush. Now we need Mr. William Rutland. A short, red-headed man walked over. That's the new man for the Irish mob. I hope he's more Irish than Antergard. What the fuck is wrong with this piece of shite? I put him a damn code. One moment, sir. How's that? Better. You know, I'm looking around and all these people have multiple guards and all I have is you. Mr. Link's offered security, but we don't want anyone else. Mr. Thornhill, it's your turn. Mr. Thornhill? Oh, yeah, that's me, eh? Let me handle this. Okay. Oh, sir, you have to do it. Your guard is not allowed to interfere. What? You have to input the code and transfer the money yourself. Only one person from each organization is allowed, and it must be the player. Shit, what do I do? Here. Jacob slid me a small USB drive from his pocket. Plug this in when you access the account. Where are the plugs? What? The outlet? Where do I plug it in? I don't see a socket. It's not a fucking outlet plug. You plug it into the computer. The drive, right there. Five seconds, and then unplug it. Which side is the top? You won't know until you try plugging it in. And trust me, the first attempt is always wrong. Gentlemen, is there a problem? No one was paying us any mind, but I was perspiring out of every single pore. Jacob, what is the access code? How do I transfer money? I hate fucking computers. Here. Mr. Link sent me this. He handed me his phone and walked away. The screen was open to some notepad thingy. It was a ten-digit code with a router number. I plugged in the USB and entered all the information. I pulled the USB out when I finished and shoved it into my pocket. Good? Good? I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Well, you had the USB. Did you also submit the buy-in? Yeah, I submitted the buy-in, but I was just hitting random keys over there. I think I ordered like two packs of pantyhose off of some site called Wish. And I know I signed up for Squarespace, whatever the hell that is. Oh, it's fine. We are finished with the hard part. But before the dealer takes his seat, Mr. Lechef will make an appearance. At the far end of the room, Lechef appeared wearing a striped tailored suit with a white rose over the breast pocket. A boutonniere, if you will. He smiled warmly as he lifted up the Gold Hawk statue. Hello, gentlemen. As you can see, this here is the Gold Hawk statue. The statue houses the CIA's best-kept records and secrets. By the notch below here, you can see she has not been tampered with. Even Smush has not had access to the secrets. Because obviously, no one would be willing to put up so much money on something that may have been tampered with. Each of you has been selected as a representative for your respected organizations. The man who comes out on top will be highly regarded by his peers and superiors for certain. Le Chef walked over to a glass bubble behind the table. He opened it. Here is where she will stay until later tonight when we have deemed a winner. Good luck, gentlemen, and remember to play with class. 
We may work for the criminal underworld and be classified as scum by some. But remember, the only true loser here is the CIA. Oi, <laughs> 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 fuck em. Cunts. May they rot in hell? Those fucks will lose everything. Pieces of shit. Say something mean. Oh, um, fuck me. Uh, how's that? Fine. Let's begin. Dealer may take your seat. Everyone may now take their seats. I walked over to the seat labeled Thornhill. That's when I realized I was sitting across from John Roby. The smushed double agent was the main man I had to watch out for. Okay, gentlemen. Gentlemen, over here. Fucking gentlemen. The game is No Limit Texas Hold'em. Blinds will start at five and 10,000. There are no rebuys. The dealer will now deal for the button and the game will begin. Good luck. I took a deep breath and waited for my cards. For some reason, I thought about my dad. I would need to use everything he taught me. Everything. Baba. Jim, come over here, son. On to the porch. Ma told me you want to talk to me? That's right, kid. I want you to play poker with me. You need the practice if you're going to be the best one day. But, Papa, I was going to go down to the field with Jason, Carl, and Silly Tony. Some street boys challenged us to a game of stickball. Kid, screw stickball. You need to practice your poker playing. Don't you want to be like your dear old dad? Yes, Papa. But Ma said I could go if I was home in time for supper. Listen, poker takes time, kid. You have to put in the work. You have to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. No end to walk away? No, there is no walking away from poker. And before you ask, there's no running either. You have to sit there and endure. You have to wait it out. You have to wait for your spot. My spot, Papa? That's right. And listen, kid, if you get real good, I'll take you on my trip down south. You and I could clean up. Clean up? Money, boy, we can make buttloads. <laughs> you said butt. Oh, shut up, kid. Now sit down and take out your change. But, Papa, what about Jason, Carl, and Silly Tony? Screw Mason, Charles, and Silly Putty. You can go to the field later. You need to play cards. Now here. The game's Texas Hold'em. No limit. But I've only made so much money from selling papers, Papa. Well, then you best win, huh? Any up, kid. Any up. Your first act. It's on you, kid. It's on you. Sir, it's on you. Oh, uh, my bad. I, I mean, sorry. The daydream faded and now I was looking at a Queen 5 offsuit. Time to endure. Eh, uh, fold. I pushed the cards forward. Come on, Locke. Get your head in the game. Go. Oh. Son of a bitch. Ha. <laughs> nice try. Can't bluff the best. What do you mean, the best? Uh, gentlemen? 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 We can hear you. You don't have to say gentlemen three fucking times to summon our attention. My apologies. That was the last hand of the level, and you all now have a ten-minute break. 
I got up from the table and made my way to the bar where Jacob was sitting. He had a drink waiting for me. We'd been playing for two hours and I needed to stretch. You lost a couple hands, eh? Nothing big, and it allowed me some information. Like? Like Burns. He has a tail. He gets agitated quickly, but when he has a good hand, he's quiet. Simple. What about Brewster? Brewster's cocky, and he bluffs a lot. He have a tail? Yeah, he does. He bleeds from his fucking eyes. What? Both of them. Streams of blood. It's fucking gross and a hell of a tail. What about Rutland? Remember how I mentioned his thick accent? Well, when he bluffs, his accent goes away entirely. Is that right? Yeah, he starts speaking Mandarin, or what he thinks is Mandarin. That's a hell of a tell. What about Blandings? Notice how he's always making pasta. He's made it a few times while playing. He makes pasta every time he has a good hand. How have you not taken their money yet? They all have extreme tells by the looks of it. Bleeding from the eyes, Mandarin, making pasta? Except Roby. The smoosh double agent. Can't read him. Makes him dangerous. He's also killed like 200 people in his lifetime. That makes him dangerous too. Gentlemen! 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 Stop saying gentlemen! The game is about to resume. Alright, well, it's gonna hit the washroom real quick. I gulped the rest of my drink. Then back to the grind. All in. Wow. It was now six hours into the game and we'd had our first all in. Blanding threw all his chips into the center. Burns folded, I folded, but Roby, he thought about it. I tried to read him. Did he have a good hand? A bad hand? Did this asshole ever show any emotion at all? I called. John Roby called and threw one single chip into the center of the table, like a cocky little asshole. Showdown. Blandings flipped over an ace-jack, giving him three-of-a-kind aces. Mr. Jim Blandings has three-of-a-kind aces with a king-jack. Roby flipped his card slowly, first showing one king and another. That son of a bitch. What a slow roll. Mr. Roby shows full house. Kings full of aces. <laughs> Mr. Blandings is out. What is this? You a slower roll of me. Gentlemen, please. Gentlemen. Stop. If you say gentlemen one more fucking time... Things were starting to get heated. That's a eat. No more pasta for anyone. No more. And you will all wake up with the horse heads in your beds. His accent reminded me of those fucking teenagers who served me and Angela bugs. Those jerks. Good readings. He stormed out, taking all of his cooked pasta with him. We were now down to five. Okay, that will do it for this blind level. There is now an hour for dinner. There is food on the main level, or you may order room service. We will reconvene at precisely 7.20. Well? Let's go back to the room. Don't say that out loud. It makes us look like a couple. Sorry. When I got back to the room, I loosened my tie and went to the bathroom to take a huge nervous shit. You feeling okay? I'm short-stacked, but I can make it up. There are no rebuys. Yeah, I'm aware, thank you. Hey, I talked to Dick. You did good. USB worked. It's gonna take him a while, but he'll be able to trace all the buy-ins to the separate accounts. Good. 
I went over to the mini fridge and grabbed some vodka. I chugged. Easy there, buddy. Relax, guy. Okay, friend, just saying. I want to order some room service. You want anything? No, I'm good. I'm full from all the fruit and the mixed drinks I ate earlier. That was dinner? You played for six hours. I grabbed the phone and dialed. I was starving. Uh, hello, yes, I'd like to place an order. Can I get a steak, medium rare, with a side of green beans and... What are you doing? Ordering food. You're Canadian. Order something Canadian. Oh, come on, I don't want any more poutine. You could blow our cover. Why don't you just order a Big Mac or a chili dog with an American eagle on it? Listen, I have a mustache. I'm wearing a fucking trapper hat, which does not match my suit. I fucking have long gloves on like a discount reader Hayworth. And I said sorry 50 times during that game for things that weren't my fault. How much more Canadian do I need to be? Don't blow this. We're close. Fine. Yes, sorry about that. May I instead order a smoked meat sandwich with fries and a naniano bar, or however you pronounce it. And yes, if you can drench the whole thing in maple syrup, that would be swell. Happy? Yes, thank you. He settled back onto the couch. I sat up and grabbed another vodka. Don't drink too much. You need to remain sober. I'll bounce back. It's not only the game I'm worried about. Did you see Blandings? He didn't take to losing too well. What's your point? He's, as you poker players would say, on tilt. These aren't good guys. And once they get knocked out, they're stuck on this boat until the game is over. You think they may try something? I think you need to win this game, and we need to get off this boat as soon as possible. Son of a bitch! You'll pay for that! <laughs> With your money. Fucking bullshit. Fucking river. Always the damn river. Walter Burns was out. Sonola's chance gone. He left the table and quickly exited the room. He was the second person to be knocked out at this level. Mortimer Brewster of the Agents was gone too, courtesy of Roby. Each time a player left, they would return an hour later to watch the rest of the game, but they obviously weren't too happy to be sidelined. You're a lucky man, Robbie. Luck had nothing to do with it. I knew my chances. It hit on the river. I had 21 outs. I like those odds. It was down to me, William Rutland of the Irish Mob, and John Roby. I'd gained some ground and was now second in chips after Roby. Rutland was bleeding chips. The next hand was dealt out, and Roby instantly mucked. It was now just me and Rutland. Rutland pushed all of his chips in on a small blind. Shit. Come on in. The water's fine. I looked down at my cards. Once again, I thought about my father's lessons. Hey, kid, pay attention to what I'm saying. But, Papa, I had two bad cards. It doesn't matter, kid. What do I keep saying? When it's tournament play, you have to adjust. You're down to three. One of them's bleeding chips. The other folds. You're big blind and you have plenty to spare. 
You open your range, kid. You open it up. But, Papa, I only had a queen and an eight. So you play it. What's the worst that could happen? You have to call. Dad's advice rang true here. It was now on me and my big blind was already out there. I took another look at my cards. A queen and an eight. I call. Showdown. I showed my queen eight offsuit. He showed an ace ten suited. He was ahead. Figures. The dealer threw out the flop. Jack, ten, four. Shit. He led with a pair of tens now. Turn was a five. Brick. And then river. Queen. Fucking cunt! Rutland stormed from the table. You had to call there. Oh, uh, I know. Shit. I fold. Roby had won another pot. But that was okay. We were pretty even right now. Chips were being passed back and forth. I only needed to wait for my moment. Gentlemen, gentlemen, fucking gentlemen! Enough! Sorry, but it's break time. Ten minutes. I made my way to the bar and was surprised to see Arthur serving Jacob a drink. What the hell is this? Would you like a drink, sir? It was urgent, he said. What is? I, uh, I fucked up. Let me guess, you pressed the button. It was an accident. What? So the police are on their way? Most likely, but I haven't had a chance to call in. Why not? I'm blending in. I took over bar. I can't just leave. It'll look suspicious. Seriously? Yes. Now, would you like a drink? Definitely. Now. We have a special on daiquiris. I want a whiskey. Neat. And two ice cubes. No vodka martini? Not now. Coming right up, sir. Well, you said he'd do it. Oh, I'm not really shocked. You need to hurry this game along. If the KHPD arrives before we get the Gold Hawk, they'll know it was a setup. Plus, maritime law plays here, since this is international waters. So fucking weird. No matter what your captain or chief of police believe, they won't be able to make any arrests. Here you go, sir. Arthur, how much time do we have? Not much. I down the drink in one swift motion. Ahem. What? It's customary to tip the bartender. Here's a tip. You fucked us. I meant money. I walked back to the table and sat. Sir, you still have five minutes. I'm ready to play now if Mr. Roby is. <laughs> I'm ready when you are. Bypass the break. We're ready to play. Yes, sir. Thought I had a pair? But he didn't answer. He counted a stack and passed it over. I was now chip leader. It was just past midnight, we were still heads up, but I'd played it slow. The whole time I folded against him, waiting for my moment. I'd quite the chip lead, but with the blind levels raising quickly, I had to act. Two million. Fold. 3.5 million. Fold. Six mil. 
Bold. I knew the only way to beat him was to wait for my spot. I had to admit, he was a better player, and the more I folded, the more chips he stacked. I was still chip leader, but he was closing in. Then he did it. All in. He smirked. Oh, shit. Give me another drink, kid. Yes, Papa. I made the whiskey neat like you like, but with two little ice cubes. Good, now come over here. We got to learn while Ma's at the store. Bring your monies. But, Papa, I don't have any more monies. You won it all last weekend. Yeah, that's right I did. Fucking owned you. You know what I bought with all the winnings? Two Kit Kats and a six-pack. And you know why I won all your monies? I haven't the faintest. I followed all your rules and advice. Except one thing. What's that? You gotta be lucky, kid. Poker isn't all skill. You gotta have luck on your side. How do I get luck? You don't get it. It happens upon you. You have to wait it out. Wait it out? What did I just say? Yes, fold. Fold and fold until the right cards come to you. But it's not always pocket aces. You can't always wait around for that. Listen to your gut. You know what my favorite hand is? Gee willikers, I don't know, Pa. A seven and six of hearts. But why, Papa? Because that's the year you were born, you fruitcake, 1976. Exactly 200 years after America declared independence. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I play it every time. It's my lucky hand. Sir, action's on you. Roby is all in. Uh, sorry. I peeked at my cards. Seven and six of hearts. It was never my lucky hand. I never had a lucky hand. But you know what? <clears throat> I call. This one's for you, Papa. Showdown. I took a deep breath as Roby showed Ace King of Spades. Shit. I flipped over seven and six of hearts. Ha! <laughs> lucky hand. Uh, we'll see. Slowly the dealer put out the flop. Ace was in the window. Then King Jack. Mr. Roby has two pair. Everyone crowded around the railing, including Jacob. He looked nervous, and the dealer put out the turn. A seven. Oh, Mr. Thornhill now has a pair of sevens, but Roby still leads with two pair. My throat was dry. Please, Pa. Please. The river came. A seven. No! Mr. Thornhill wins with three of a kind sevens. Jackpot. The game was over. I won. Roby rushed out of the room, angrily stomping his feet like a bratty kid. I walked down and shook hands with Jacob. That was the second best call I've ever seen. What was the first? When Ellen DeGeneres phoned my wife to give her two free tickets to a 12 days of Christmas screening. Oh, so you meant out of all calls? Yeah, but that was the best poker one. Thanks. Moments later, Le Chef appeared and didn't seem happy. Well, Mr. Thornhill, it appears you are the winner. Uh, it does appear that way. <sighs> then this is yours. Le Chef held up the gold hawk, admiring its beauty. But I knew he really admired what was inside. The CIA has foiled us over and over again. I hope you see to it that they are brought crumbling down. Yeah, sure. Uh, can I have it now? If I were you, I wouldn't leave your room till we reached the docks. 
Is that a threat? A mere intimidation. That's a synonym for a threat. I've never read a thesaurus. I don't think anyone reads a thesaurus. I don't know. I've started reading the dictionary. Is that right? Yes. I made it all the way to chapter. Oh, okay. Funny. Wasn't meant to be. And I'm not the one you should worry about. He thrust the gold hawk into my arms and walked off. When I spun around, I saw Blandings, Brewster, and the rest staring me down. Maybe we should uh, go back to the room, eh? I think that's a good idea. Why isn't the boat heading back yet? The game's over. I don't like it. Let's get back to the room and I'll contact Dick. You will contact no one. Jim Blandings walked out from around the corner with three guards. They each had guns pointed at us. Fucking eh? I was entrusted to bring the Gold Hawker and all its secrets back to my employer. I plan on doing just that. I won fair and square, so take off, eh? If only that mattered to us, the CIA has screwed the mob more than once. It is now a payback time. Hand it over. Oi, not so fast, you ripe cunts. That's coming back with me. Logan Antergaard died for this shite. The Irish won't stand for it. William Rutland had his goons come out from behind Blandings and his men. I guess I'll take some of the action. I spun around to see Brewster and his men walking up, guns ready. Sinola deserves that more than anyone! All of you can back off! Up the walkway came Burns and a few guards. This deck's getting a little too crowded. Hand over the Gold Hawk! Now! Everyone was here except Roby and the chef. Ah, shit. You think it's a fake? No, but I think they planned for this to happen. Enough of your talking. Hand it over. Fuck you! Give it here! The thing's mine! Like hell it is! Don't you see? This is what Le Chef wants. We all fight and die over it, and he's able to take it back. Bullshit! It's actually pretty ingenious. Even with Roby losing, it doesn't matter. We all turn on each other, and he takes it anyway. We're not buying it. Fuck this! We spent millions buying in. The thing's ours. We all spent millions buying in, you fuck. It's ours. Oi, if you don't hand it over, I'll blow a hole in your head so big it won't even be there anymore. My head? That's right. Then it's not really a hole, is it? Give it here, you ripe cunt. Men, take it. Hey, Big Jimbo. Everyone stopped. I looked up and saw Arthur on the deck above us. He was pointing out into the lake. Help's arriving! In the distance, several police boats were swarming. La policia! Relax, uh, they don't uh, have any jurisdiction as long as the boat uh, stays a puta. Hand over the gold hawk! Take it from them! Arthur! Yeah, Big Jimbo! Catch! I threw the gold hawk up right into Arthur's arms. What do I do? He's got the gold hawk! Kill him! You run, Arthur, you run! Everyone turned on each other, firing wildly. 
As Arthur ran, I pushed Jacob to the railing and climbed up. Jump! I surfaced to see the firefight above us. Dead bodies fell around us. What do we do? Down! The water was icy, but my adrenaline kept me going. We swam just under the surface, hidden from view. <gasps> when we popped up, we were by the back of the boat. Again, that's known as the stern. A ladder sat, glistening in the moonlight, as the firefight raged above. Hurry, eh? We climbed onto the back of the boat. So, uh, this didn't go quite as planned. Is it really a surprise? Members of the most ruthless criminal organizations from all of the world spend in millions to play poker on a boat in international waters in an effort to bring down the CIA and American government, and we expect them to abide by the rules and a gentleman's agreement? Well, when you put it like that... Listen, I'll get the boat moving. You find Arthur. Okay. Really wishing I had Dick's supply of weapons right now. He does have a lot. Trust me, I know, but this will have to do. Get that gold hawk back, eh? I nodded and we split up. I ran inside to find a firefight between Brewster and Rutland's men. I had to get through and upstairs. Fucking hey! Ah! Oh! Oh! oh. Fuck it! I ducked and slid through the barrage of bullets. The yacht staff was taking cover behind fake plants and overturned tables. As I entered the main aisle, I saw Blandings at the far end. You, Thornhill, you were screwed, the assa. He fired and ducked behind a small end table. I want the hawker! Sorry, not sorry! I waited for my opportunity and spun out from behind the table. I took aim. He had his pot of pasta out blocking my shots. Son of a bitch! Yeah. He threw the contents. Red sauce hit my eyes, causing me to fall back momentarily blinded. I could hear him charging. I couldn't see, but damn it if the sauce wasn't tasty. Ugh. I cleared my eyes as Blendings pounced. You will pay for this. I reached for my gun, but he kicked it away. I instead reached for the pot and swung it, slamming down on his head. Mamma mia! I kicked, knocking him over the banister and into the main room. I grabbed my gun and ran out onto the deck. Shit! Thornhill! It's me, Brewster! I see that. I took cover behind a post. No, I decided this isn't worth it. Let's work together. We can both come out ahead. I'm putting my gun down now. I peeked out from behind the post. Brewster had his hands up. I don't have my gun. Is that so? I want to work together. See? No gun. You're bluffing. How? You're bleeding from your fucking eyes, man. It's gross. Ah, shit! You need to see someone about that. You look like Sir Marin Trent the moment Arya crossed him off her list. I don't get the reference, but fuck you. He yanked out a gun from his waistband, but like Han in the original, I shot first. 
We fell over the side, which left the deck wide open. I could hear more gunfire ahead. Could it be Arthur? I turned the corner and there he was. Back against the wall, several of Rutland's men had him pinned. Oh, you cocksucker! Arthur! Jimbo! I still got the gold hawk! Good job! Head this way! I'll give you cover fire! I waited for Rutland's men to reload, and I made my move, firing randomly across the boat so Arthur could run over. Thanks, Big Jimbo. I held him off for as long as I could, but it's a lot harder when you don't have a big supply of weapons from the CIA. I agree. That's when I noticed we were moving. Oh, shit. What? The boat. We're leaving international waters. We sure are. I looked up to see Jacob on the navigation deck above us. He jumped down to our level. Police will be able to intercept in a few minutes, but we have a bigger problem. What's that? Ruby and the chef escaped on the jet ski. Can we catch them? I don't see how. Unless you can somehow secure a jet ski or some kind of speedboat. I have a speedboat. All three of us spun around to see a boat pulling up beside the yacht. What the hell? Joey! Joey Evernuckle. And Edith? Hey, Mr. J, you're alive! I told you! How? The boat rocked from within. Uh, bad guys, Jimbo. We need to get off the yacht. You can climb aboard our boat, but I'm the captain. No, I'm the captain now. Okay, but I'm second captain. That's not a thing, Joey. I don't know who these two people are, but we need to go. All three of us jumped onto the boat just as Rutland's men came barreling through, firing wildly. Move aside, Joey. I'm fucking driving. That's fair. I drove here. You can drive back. Not back. After that jet ski. Mr. J? Punch it! There he is. We're gaining on him. Oh, we're gaining? This isn't my first fucking rodeo. Her first rodeo was in Kentucky for her cousin's birthday. Isn't that right, sweet tush? Ugh, stop it, Joey. How'd you guys know I would be there on a yacht in International Lake Waters? I told you, Mr. Locke, I'm a good P.I. I found Edith's lunch and Simon standing by Edith's desk. Those are drastically different. I helped, Joey. That's true. I'll give credit where credit's due. He's firing at us, Mr. J. Are you going to fucking fire back or sit there and chat more? I reloaded and aimed as the boat lurched forward. Edith zigged and even zagged behind the jet ski. Honey, in the immortal words of both Salt and Peppa, push it! I'm going as fast as I can! How fast is that? We were closing in on the jet ski. Both the chef and Roby were firing at us. Edith steered the boat towards them. If she could get beside them, it would all be over. Let me steer, honey cakes. Joey, get out of here! Honey bunches! Joey! Keep her steady! I'm trying to, but Edith's always been a bit wobbly. I'm talking about the boat! Guys! Oh! Yeah, you dumbass! Maybe I should drive. Fuck off, doll fucker! Hey, she has a name! Guys? Move, Joey! Joey Evernuckle! Guys! Jacob pointed to the large pontoon boat ahead of us. 
The chef and Roby were so busy worrying about us, they didn't see the boat either. Edith! But it was too late. Shit! The boat hit the side of the chef's jet ski, and both vehicles went soaring into the side of the pontoon. Shit! Fuck yeah! (laughs) My head was throbbing. Joey, Edith, and Arthur were buried under debris. Our boat was lodged in the middle of the deck. The ceiling of the pontoon boat cracked, but I saw Roby stumble his way upstairs to the second deck. Everyone okay? I'm fucking awful. I think I hurt my upper dorsimus. Get off me, man! Arthur, the Gold Hawk. It's right here. Don't let it out of your sight. Jacob? I'm fine, I'm fine. Roby headed upstairs. I know. I'll head up the back way. Is there a back way? There's always a back way. Be careful. I jumped off the speedboat and slid down a broken wood plank and hobbled over the jet ski. What the fuck did you guys do? You can't park your goddamn boat in my goddamn boat, you ruffians. My whole tour is destroyed. Move. You should walk the plank for this mess. She's sinking a slow death. You should be ashamed. Get out of my way, McDenton, and shut up! I'll teach you some manners coming at me with those... I grabbed a salt shaker off the ground and shoved it into McDenton's mouth as I passed him. (laughs) Of course, we landed on his stupid whale-watching boat. Luckily, there were no passengers. I slowly ascended the stairs, careful for what may be waiting for me. When I reached the top, I saw no one. Rows of chairs, but where was Roby? Where was the chef? Give it up. It's over. (laughs) Only for you. I spun around and was met with the butt end of a fire extinguisher. (laughs) I could feel the knot on my head already forming, but I had to get up. I forced myself to my feet. Through my blurry vision, I could just make out the chef swimming for the docks, and they weren't far away. Jacob! Jacob! The chef is getting away! He's not the only one. Roby appeared at the back of the boat, one hand on Jacob's neck, and the other holding a gun to Jacob's head. Sorry, Locke. Sorry. Locke? Who the fuck is Locke? That would be me. You're not part of the Mantis Mugs, are you? It was all a sham! Nope. I pulled off my wet gloves, my fake mustache, and my trapper hat. All attire I was surprised didn't fall off at any point in the last hour. (laughs) A ringer. You're one to talk. Betraying Ice Age for Smush? (laughs) Smush pays better. Doesn't matter at this point. Smush still got their money, and I'm about to get all their secrets. Roby motioned behind me. Arthur and Edith were standing by the stairs. Mr. J. What are you guys doing? We wanted to make sure you were okay. You always get shot at the end. It's true. What end? End of a case, Mr. J. Get back downstairs, you guys. No, I want that gold hawk. I deserve it. That's mine. I want it fair and square. Bullshit. Playing a fucking 7-6? Are you kidding me? Oh, okay, so is this all for smush, or are you just on tilt because of the game? Who calls all in with a 7-6 heads up? Really? Dad's lucky hand. 
That wasn't my dad's lucky hand. No. My dad. Oh. How would I know what your dad fucking plays? Because, Locke, we're brothers. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Wait a second. No, we're not. No, we're not. But you almost fell for it. Almost. Almost. I want that gold hawk. Fine. No! Arthur, what are you doing? I'm gonna give it to him. Don't do it, you idiot. He's gonna shoot you. It doesn't matter. We can't let Smoosh win. It's not worth it. Yes, yes. Give it here. Arthur, stop! Here. Yes! Now it's like I won the poker game. You didn't win. You got beat by a 7-6. Never forget that. Roby snatched the gold hawk out of Arthur's hands. Thank you. Roby kept his gun pointed at the back of Jacob's head as he carefully opened the gold hawk one-handed. You can't defeat Smush. Le Chef will be so proud. Roby put the gold hawk under his arm and reached inside. You can take that 7-6 and shove Roby retracted his hand. A mouse trap had snapped onto three of his fingers. Ha! I did that! Remember the mouse trap, Big Jimbo? Came into play. Holy shit. Jacob spun around and wrestled Roby to the ground, kicking his gun away. Oh, God! Jacob pinned him to the deck. Good job, buddy. And you called me an idiot. That thing's been in my pocket since that house. Two weeks ago? Locked and loaded. Always made sure to keep it facing away from my dick, obviously. Where are the secrets? Arthur held up a folded manila envelope. What about Le Chef? I'll get him. How, Mr. J? He's almost to the docks. You'll never catch him in time. You're not a very good swimmer. <laughs> I won't be swimming. Luckily, the jet ski still worked. I saw Le Chef swimming. He was almost to the docks. I had to cut him off. I hung a Larry. No, I hanged a Larry. I... I turned left, cutting diagonal for the long dock jutting out into the lake. I saw Le Chef climb onto the end of it, drenched and breathing heavily. He got up and started running. I led him perfectly and cut right through the dock, splitting it from the rest of the marina. I spun around to see Le Chef stumble and fall. I jumped onto the broken dock as it floated slowly into the lake. <sighs> you... You can't just let me go, can ya? Sorry, not sorry. You're not even part of the Mantis Mugs. You're American, aren't ya? I eat burgers and hot dogs. I love TV and guns and guns on TV, and my favorite bird is the bald eagle. Does that answer your question? Sure, but a simple yes would have also sufficed. It's over, Le Chef. Smoosh is done. I know you. You're that private investigator who's supposed to be dead. You were helping the CIA. Locke, right? Helping? Don't you mean helped? <laughs> What's so funny? You may have gotten the Gold Hawk back, but Smoosh still got their money. The money's been tracked. <laughs> is that so? Come on, you don't truly believe this is the end of Smush, do you? You see, Smush is always one step ahead. Not this time. No? The chef motioned to my chest, just above my poppy pen. A tiny red laser dot. 
Shit. Ah! I was hit right through the shoulder. Uh, uh. We have people everywhere. As Le Chef got closer, I couldn't do anything but crawl. My gun had fallen into the water. Edith and Arthur were right. I always get shot in the end. The fuck was that about? You didn't bring down Smush. No one can bring down Smush. I turned onto my back to see Le Chef no more than five feet away. He aimed his gun right for my head. You had a lucky hand in the game, but it looks like your luck has run out. What the hell? I suddenly felt something underneath the dock. The water rippled, bubbled, and with a blast of cold water, the whale emerged. It broke the surface, sending the dock reeling. I hung on as it spun, but it didn't matter. Three-fourths, or more accurately, four-fifths of the whale rose into the sky above me, lurching over the dock and coming down on top of the ship with a crash. No! The whale crushed the chef. I was thrust back into the water. My arm was killing me. I had trouble staying at the surface. I really needed to figure out a way to not get shot so often. Although I could also stop taking on crazy cases, but for now I needed to concentrate on getting ashore. Shit. I couldn't stay afloat. Blood was pouring out of my wound and I felt weak. Come on, lock! Almost there! But I couldn't make it. I sunk below the surface, unable to get a good final breath. And let's face it, it would be final. As I sank towards the darkness of the surprisingly deep lake, I thought about the she-devil. Me. Lauren. But suddenly I stopped moving. Was I at the bottom of the chilly abyss? But then I was lifted towards a white light. Ah, fuck, I'm dead. But why was I still surrounded by water and... Wait a second, that light was the moon. <sighs> I took a deep breath as I broke the surface. That's when I realized the whale, Georgia, had lifted me up and now she was pushing me towards the shore. I couldn't believe it. Once I reached where it was shallow enough, Georgia pushed me forward and made her way back into the lake depths. I felt the mushy ground. James! Lauren ran up and put her arms around me. Are you okay? I've been shot. Told you! Arthur, Joey, and Edith were standing at the water's edge. Yeah, Mr. J, you should be used to it by now. Well, I'm not. Well, at least you're not dead. I'll keep that in mind when I'm at the hospital later. Maybe you'll lose the arm and you can get a monkey one. Monkeys have strong arms, although not as strong as apes. It's not getting a fucking monkey arm. No, definitely go for an ape arm. Lauren led me out of the water and over to some cop cars. Jacob and Captain Hiltz walked up. Well, well, well. Look what the little kitty cat dragged in. Actually, it was a whale. You need to get to a hospital. Where's the chef? Sleeping with the fishes. Huh. Looks like he got you good. Jacob motioned to my arm. This wasn't the chef. No? Then who? Where's Dick, Lauren? Back at the motel, still working on the account info? Sure he is. What are you saying, James? 
Dick? But he wasn't here, like I expected. Well, where is he? Maybe he went for a walk. Don't you mean a roll? We searched both rooms. Nothing. I knew it. I don't get it. Why would he set you up? Maybe he's jealous of us being besties. Or maybe he didn't want me in this poker game. Maybe he wanted Smush to win all along. So the money... <sighs> Probably gone. At least we have the gold hawk. You got it? We all spun around to see Dick sitting in his chair in the doorway. Where were you, Dick? And I'm not using that as your name. He's calling you a dick. I understand. But what for? For this! I held up my wrapped arm. You were shot? That's right. I got shot by a fucking dick. And I ain't talking old-timey detective. Arthur, arrest him. You got it, bestie. Arthur ran over and put Dick in handcuffs. Hey! Wait a second! And rolled him on out. Hey! What are you doing? You got the wrong idea! Hey! Wait! Hope you're right about him. He set me up. But he failed both times. Come on, James. Let's get you to a hospital. Once again, I was back in a hospital. They were able to remove the bullet with relative ease and no monkey arm. Well, Mr. Locke, how are we feeling? Good, Doctor, Doctor. Give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Happy? I am now. What's my chart look like? Looks like a regular chart. It's like on paper and shit. Totally normal. I mean, how do I look? I don't really swing that way, but uh, you look all right. No! Sorry. You, uh, look cool, dude. Is that better? I mean my arm. How does my arm look? Oh, you really should be more specific, man. I can't read minds. My friend Chow can, but not me. Chow? Anyway, you look fine. No issues. You will need to rest, though. And try not to use that arm too much. Okay, man? Also, there's some people here to see you. But you can't have too many guests, so I'm making them perform a rock-paper-scissors tournament in the lobby. The two winners of the five-game tourney can come in. Do you make up rules on the spot? Yes, I do. A couple minutes after Dr. Doctor left, Lauren and Captain Hiltz entered. Hi, James. Well, well, well. Wait a second. You two won rock, paper, scissors? Arthur was the toughest. And that one kid kept throwing out rock. Joey. Joey Evernuckle. How are you? I'm fine. What happened with Roby and Le Chef? They shared a look of concern. Roby's in jail, but Le Chef, they never found his body. What? Do you want me to speak up? No, I heard you. I'm in shock. They're dragging the lake, but nothing's turned up. They're thinking of checking inside the whale. Oh, come on! There's no body. What about the gold hawk? Jacob took over. He's going to meet me here, and then we're meeting the heads from Langley. We'll personally deliver the microfilm. And Donald? But Lauren just lowered and shook her head. I could tell she was once again fighting back tears. Lauren. It's okay. I'm okay. 
Jacob said he'll help, and I'm sure the brass at Langley will too. Exactly. Don't give up hope. I won't. Well, I'm gonna take off. I wanted to come down here and thank you again, Locke. You're welcome. Keep looking for that body. We'll find it. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to call. Uh, Arthur. Lauren came over and sat on the bed and stroked my hair. I truly am sorry. Don't be, Jim. You helped tremendously. Yeah, but we can find Donald. I can help if they can still trace the money. Dick did. He did? That surprised me. Why would he if his whole plan was to set me up? Did I have it wrong? Well, then they'll locate the organizations and we'll question every single one of those. No, James. You've done enough. Now it's time for you to rest. I'll find Donald. But I want to help you. I'm sure you do. She got up and made her way to the window. She peered out at the slowly falling snow. What is it about him? (laughs) What? Donald. Was he that much different than me? No, he wasn't. Then what is it? And don't say the fucking coats. You two are very similar. You both are hardworking, handsome, sweet. You have kind hearts, and that's what hurt you. Hurt me? You and Donald. You both got let go in similar ways. You just handled it better than Donald. Really? When Donald was let go from the CIA, he was angry. Sure, he had his businesses he could pursue, but he loved his work at the CIA. He wanted to bring down Smush as much as I did. We had a common goal. But that all left when he got let go. He was hurt. Angry. Then why come here? I pushed him. You pushed him to come to Kenneth Heights? What about his coats? That was a cover to get us here. I convinced him to help Dick. To help Simon and Byman. They needed help. We knew more about Smush than anyone. Plus, you were here. And you needed my help. We needed a good poker player. Donald was against involving you. He was worried? He was jealous. Like you, something else you two share in common. Oh, cool. So then what made you fall for him harder than me? I don't know. I couldn't look back when you and I split. And Donald, he needed me. Especially after being let go. In all honesty, you were stronger in that aspect. You moved on quickly. Donald needed me, and I realized I needed him. So it was the job? Are you that shocked? Donald and I had more in common with the CIA, but you're always buried in your work as well. Glad we could all converge. She pulled her phone from her pocket and checked it. This was the third time she'd done that. You keep checking your phone. Got somewhere to be? I'm waiting for a call. There he is. Jacob! Jacob came in with the briefcase in one hand and the gold hawk in the other. Wouldn't have been here earlier, but I had to play rock, paper, scissors against a bunch of people in the lobby. Feeling better? I am. Glad to hear it. This is for you. Jacob put the gold hawk by my bed. You don't need it? It's all yours. The secrets are now safe in here, along with all the data Dick was able to pull from the drive. So he actually pulled data? He pushed some, too. I don't know if he really set you up, Locke. I went through his computers and found no foul play. Well, if James believes it to be true, it must be. For some reason, the way she said that didn't sit well with me. Thanks, Lauren. Jacob, have you talked to the heads? 
Earlier this morning. They should call one of us soon. Okay. Can I see it? Jacob unlocked and opened the briefcase a crack. Lauren nodded. He quickly locked it back up. Have you heard anything about Donald? No, but we'll discuss it when they get here. Jacob set the briefcase in a chair and came over to me. You need anything, pal? I'm fine, buddy. You're your friend. I am, guy. But what do you think happened to Le Chef? I mean, a whale fucking landed on him. I'm sure they'll find the body. Give it time. Hello? Yes. Okay. We're at the hospital right now. Yes. The police are taking care of the yacht right now. I believe they towed it in. While Lauren talked on the phone, Jacob came over and looked at my arm. You're lucky. Or is it skill? Poker. Skill. <laughs> this is luck. Well, when they finish with that, we'll know. They're dragging the lake as well. We believe they'll find the body. Okay. Yes, we'll be ready. Thank you. Langley? They'll be here in 15 minutes. Okay. Huh. Um, so, since we have some time, does anybody want a soda or something? Cause I'm gonna go up to the machine. I thought maybe I'd get somebody something. If you guys want anything, of course. I'm okay. Me too. Okay. That was weird, right? What? She was talking like Newman in Jurassic Park right before he stole the dinosaur embryos. She did seem a little nervous. I wonder why. And she put on her coat. Why would she put on her coat to go to the vending machines? We stared at each other a moment, trying to comprehend. I felt my heart beat faster and faster. Check the vending machines. Find Lauren. What the hell was going on? When Jacob left, I slowly got out of bed and made my way for the briefcase. At least she didn't take it. But why was she so nervous? Who'd she talk to on the phone? But when I lifted the briefcase, it plopped open. Several documents and folders fell to the ground, but the microfilm in the manila envelope of government secrets was gone. She, she asked Jacob to see it, not because she wanted a quick peek, because she wanted the code to open the briefcase. No, Lauren. In the immortal words of Rivers Cuomo, say it ain't so, whoa, whoa. Locke, she's gone. There's the Benoit Hotel. Park somewhere. Are you sure she's going to be here? No, but it's our best chance. This way. Should I try to cut her off at the pass? No, there is no pass. As we ran down the narrow alley, I saw a body lying in the snow by the dumpsters. The snow was spattered red. Oh, God. Lauren! She was shot through the chest twice. Blood poured out. He took... the secrets. Which way did he go? She raised her arm, weakly pointing. Jacob ran off down the alley. Damn it, Lauren. For Donald? They said 
It was the only way I would see him again. A tear slid down her cheek. She caressed my cheek, but I knew she didn't have long. Her body slowly turned pale as her breaths became ragged. I love you, James. I always will. I love you too, Lauren. I promise to never call you She-Devil again. Not even in my narrations. She passed away right there, in my arms. I wanted to cry, but I was more angry now than sad. Fucking Andrew Wiseman. I saw him. He took off in some kind of, I don't know, some small automobile. I don't know what you call it. I'll tell you what you call it. An escape cart. He took off in an escape cart. We gotta get the car. We parked on the opposite side. There's no time. He'll get away. Follow me. We ran out onto the sidewalk. I quickly held a cab. No, I did not throw hard ice balls at it. I just raised my hand and whistled. See that cart? Follow it. Oh, no. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Please. What's going on? This is fucking Barry. He's a piece of shit, and apparently he now drives a cab. I need a job. You always get me fired. Just shut up, Barry. You get yourself fired because you're a goddamn grade-A piece of human trash. Look, I don't want any issues. We don't have time to get another cab. Wiseman's getting away. Barry, follow that cart. Ugh, you gonna yell at me the whole time? Follow the fucking cart! Yeah, man, follow the cart, you cunt. Sorry. I know you're all Canadian and stuff, but don't apologize to this piece of shit. <sighs> really? Yes, really, Barry. I'll make you a deal. I don't want a deal. Shut the fuck up. I'm talking. I'll make you a deal. You catch up to that cart. I won't get you fired. Yeah? Promise? Just go, you fucktard! Go, man! He's getting away! Go! Go! Okay! Where is he? There! There he is! He's turning right! Turn right, you stupid bitch! Yeah, what are you waiting for? He's an idiot! Like, seriously, he's the worst human being. Can you please... Shut the fuck up! While Barry completely sucked as a human being, he was able to catch up to Wiseman. The cart pulled into a vacant garage. Stop here. Um, I can't. There's no parking. Stop the fucking car, Barry! God damn! Oh, this guy. See? There. Happy? I'll be happy when you're dead. Jesus. I'm going in, Jacob. Alone? Yes. See if there's a back way. There's always a back way. Call the KHPD. Get them down here stat. Barry? What? Guard the entrance. Don't leave this spot. No, no, no. I'm not going to be a part of this. Will you stop being such a fucking drag, you asshole of epic proportions? Seriously, buddy. I don't even know you when you're driving me crazy. He doesn't stop. Okay, fine. And drop the attitude. If you're not out in five minutes, Locke, I'm coming in to get you. Wouldn't expect anything less. I ran up the entrance ramp. It looked like it had been taped off, but somebody cut the tape. 
The garage was old and not far from the docks. Hadn't been used in some time. Crumbled concrete lay on the corners. I made my way to the stairwell and climbed up, checking each level as I passed. No cart, but when I reached the top level, there it was, parked in the corner. Two men by it in black trench coats. One with a finely made fedora, the other in a wheelchair. Was that Dick? Hello, gentlemen. Ah! Hands up. Very good, Mr. Locke. You found me. Le Chef. Expecting someone else? Le Chef was in the wheelchair holding the manila envelope. Andrew Wiseman, the motherfucker himself, stood beside him. I was expecting Dick. I bet you were, you little pervert. But Dick Matheson, I am not. But I appreciate you helping me dispose of that nuisance. How are you here? Turns out your whale friend isn't much of a killer. Um, it was a killer whale, though. It didn't kill me. Some minor injuries I'll bounce back from. So then Wiseman here was your accomplice. You're the one I have to thank for my arm? Wasn't me. You see, Locke, Smush has friends everywhere. You really think that Roby was our only double agent? We were going to get the secrets one way or another. And thanks to your ex, we were able to acquire them after your horrible 7-6 call? A lucky hand, perhaps, but still a good call. Okay, Doyle Brunson. That was a Negranu play, and you know it. Hardly. Let's go, Wiseman. I'll shoot you where you sit. He's bluffing. I'm not. You killed Lauren. You'll pay for that. I may have shot her, but I can assure you I didn't kill her. Then who? But he only smirked. There's something you should know about Smush. Smush wins. Smush always wins. Just then, multiple men dressed in all black and bandanas appeared from the stairwell. Just like at Dick's hideout. They carried machine guns all pointed at me. Lauren wasn't the double agent. She wanted to end Smush. And while she lied multiple times, I don't believe she would have helped you and she definitely wouldn't have shot me. And if Dick wasn't your accomplice, then who? That's when I noticed Jacob step out from the darkness of the shadows. Jacob? Oh, come on! Sorry, pal. But then I noticed the gun pointed at the back of his head. He got caught again. I need to start going in front ways. That's when I saw the man behind him. Donald. He smirked. Donald? That's right, James. It's me. But why? I mean, seriously, why? Why? The CIA fucked me. They fired me. After all those years, I was loyal to them, and they fucked me. What about Lauren? Lauren? Lauren was my cover. A beard, as you will. And Dick? I tried to stop Dick. Throw him off the trail. Didn't work. When we arrived, all I did was try to stop him and Lauren. But they were so persistent. And then Lauren comes up with a bright idea to involve you. Oh, he's such a great poker player. He's the next Helmuth. Please, you call an all-in with a 7-6? It's not a bad play, heads up. Make all the excuses you want. So you set me up. Yep. And you set up Simon and Byman. Yep. And you lied about being kidnapped. Yep. All to get back at the CIA. 
And now Lauren's dead. She should have listened to me. Sadly, I had to change things up when you got involved. So really, it's your fault she's dead. Wow, do you feel like shit now? Shut up, LeChef. She loved you, Donald. She took those secrets because she loved you. That's why it worked. It's over, though. The cops will be here any second. Shut up, Jacob. You hear that? Our ride is already here. I looked up to see a helicopter coming around the tall bank building near the water. Any last words? Only for Donald. Yes? Your coats suck balls, you uncreative fuck. They're ugly, they're uninspired, and they're dull as shit. In fact, the only thing they're good for is snagging propellers and foiling evil murder plots. <laughs> well, if you believe you're going to take down our helicopter with a coat, you're gravely mistaken. <laughs> I don't need a coat. Is that right? That's right. My confidence was warranted because Arthur stood at the far end of the garage with a rocket launcher resting on his shoulder. What the? No! The helicopter exploded into a huge fireball. Suddenly, laser sights appeared on all of LeChef's men and LeChef himself. Several red dots danced around his chest and forehead. Drop your weapons! Police swarmed the garage. Captain Hiltz and Arthur walked through the line of men. That dick dude has a bigger supply than we thought, Big Jimbo. LeChef, if you would like a shootout, we can have a shootout. But after the last one, you lost a lot of men. I have more men this time, and I can't see any way you'd come out ahead. The chef grimaced, and he lowered his weapon. Slowly, all of his men, along with Donald, lowered their weapons. Good move, Le Chef. Good move. Twenty minutes later, and all of Le Chef's men were escorted away. I gave a sarcastic wave to Donald as he was ushered inside a police car. I can't believe Donald was a part of this. Lauren died for nothing. She doesn't know that. And that's for the best. At least Smush is done. Lauren would be happy about that. Well, that seals it. They're all going away for a long time. I'd like to eventually talk to Wiseman. I have some unfinished business with him. I'm sure we could arrange something. Of course we can. The chief of police, Tracy Mills, sauntered up with Dick in tow. Mills. Locke. Dick. Locke. Mills. Jacob. Jacob. Dick. Arthur. What? Thank you, Locke, for all your hard work. You too, Jacob. We both nodded. I then turned my attention to Dick. I, uh... Owe you an apology. It's quite all right. Who could have known Donald would be playing for the other team? He was gay, too? I ignored Arthur's question and shook Dick's hand. Well, I am sorry. No need. Luckily for you, Jacob called the KHPD just in time. He helped us secure more weapons, like this rocket launcher. It was in another abandoned house of mine. It came in handy. Hell yeah, it did. I'm going to need it back. Can I borrow it for one more day? I got a nasty raccoon problem. Uh, no. Well, thanks again, everyone. Hopefully that'll be the end of... Smush. It is. 
good now that we have some time. I'd like to learn more about this Byman fellow. Like what? Mainly his name. Why Byman? Such a curious name. Mills, Dick, and Jacob all took off, leaving me and Arthur to stand in awkward silence. That is until Barry walked up. Hey, uh, Locke? The fuck do you want, Barry, you overgrown twat? Hey! This guy again? Go the fuck home, Barry. I just wanted to know if everything was alright. That's it. I wasn't gonna do this, but I can't help it. What? I'm gonna get you fired. What's your license plate number? Oh, come on. Arthur? I'm already calling the cab company. Ten minutes later, the boss of the cab company showed up and fired Barry on the spot. We all laughed and Barry shuffled off discouraged. Like a loser he was. <laughs> that felt great. You know, Big Jimbo, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You know what, Arthur? I think I finally agree with you. Two days later, I showed up at the Kenneth Heights Museum of Art, Wonder, Mystery, and Zaniness with the gold hawk in hand. Mr. Locke! Oh my gosh! It is you! Hello, Mr. Curator. Here it is. Your gold hawk. You found it! It wasn't easy. I know! I watched it all on the news. Crazy stuff. But this is for sure the artifact? Check for yourself. Engravings on the bottom, but it has been carved out. It was housing government secrets. So I heard. I never knew. Who donated the hawk, may I ask? You may. Some guy named Theodore McGuffin. That seems apt. Said he was actually from Bora Bora. Well, enjoy it. And I have something for you. He handed me an envelope of cash and then had Gloria Gloria roll over the vase. A porcelain vase with flower prints. Your vase, good sir. I looked at it getting heated, but... Not because of my anger for Lauren, but instead... For Donald. Aren't you happy, Mr. Locke? I am. Thank you. An hour later, I was back at my apartment, scotch in hand. Neat with two little ice cubes. Just like dear old dad. I put on a record and plopped onto the couch. As I sat there sipping my drink and listening to the soothing music, I stared at the vase. I'd left it on the counter, making room by throwing some mail on the ground. As I stared, I noticed it wasn't so bad. In fact, it was quite pretty. That's when I made the decision to keep it. There's no reason to smash it. It made a nice addition to my apartment. I smiled and leaned back. It really was a pretty vase.
Atlas Avenue Beat, written by Robert M. Lamb, edited by Dylan Whitehead and Amber Simpson, starring Jack Austin as Locke, Amy LeRae as Edith, James Sweezy as Paul, Ryan Messick as Arthur, Robert M. Lamb as Joey and Captain Hiltz, Corey Pettit as Lauren, John Harrow as Dick, Luke Hurt as Jacob and McDinton, Jeff Leeson as Le Chef, Brett Wilkins as Donald, Sean Sullivan as Roby, Justin Stewart as Barry, Jacob Albrecht as Dennis, Locke's father, Dennis Caldwell as Mills, Mike Lenhart as Curator, and Lucas Webley as Dr. Doctor. Co-starring Melanie Kissel, Chris Tolley, Ryan Gorian, Nick Engelhart, and Sylvester Jacu. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www.7lamb.com for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7lampodcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7lampodcasts. This has been a Seven Lamb production. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.